is Sean Stanley Sports Talk. I am Sean Stanley here. We're going to talk a little bit about NXT, the episode that happened last night. And it did not disappoint to me. Uh, a great show coming off of the pay-per-view. And really, honestly, when I looked at the card, you had Karen Cross make an appearance. You had Escobar did a promo. But other than that, most of the matches that were on this card did not consist of anything that was on the pay-per-view, the matches. Imagine that. Something new. Something new happening on a WWE programming. NXT, I think, gets it. They understand it. And again, is it, is it the Vince McMahon SmackDown gets it. Raw, to me, it, it hurts to watch. Raw hurts to watch right now. NXT, to me, was, I would probably give it a 7.5, 8 out of 10. And the only reason I, I don't go crazy is because they're just starting a lot of this. Not, not starting, but they're gearing up for the next, I guess, it won't even be a pay-per-view. It's going to be on NXT Great American Bash, which a match was announced during this show which was Adam Cole. But the show started exactly how you probably thought it would with the way the pay-per-view ended. William Regal walking out, saying he had lost control of the locker room. So, of course, we're going to open up NXT with William Regal coming to the ring. And, and he cut a promo to me that was saying goodbye. That promo, it really felt like it was like, uh, I, goodbye, can't handle this. This is above anything I've had to deal with. And, of course, out came Karrion Cross. The, the heel, Karrion Cross. You, you can see how now they're, they're working this character a little bit more. Not that it wasn't working it before, but now the heel persona, the way he was just running down Regal, and then, of course, uh, if anybody has been on the internet on Twitter, I'm sure your timeline you knew. It was Samoa Joe returning to NXT and basically confronting Karrion uh, Cross for William Regal. William Regal offered, of course, he turns down. And then Joe turns into a motivational speaker. Who would have thought Joe being the motivational speaker guy, going back to how much he had terrorized Regal himself when he was in NXT and how he'd grown to respect William Regal and that he didn't want to be his replacement, but he'll be his enforcer. Which, of course, William Regal accepted. In the first of a few stare downs on NXT that I can tell you that I'm looking forward to. He steps to Karrion Cross and tells him to get out of the ring. TikTok, young champion. And if you don't think that that is not setting up for something down the line, hopefully, oh, at least you got that to look forward to. Um, Imperium Brizango was the first match that they actually had on the card. And look, this is just kind of to 
feud, a mid-card feud that was going on. Uh, Brizango ends up getting the pin. Imperium, Imperium leaves them laying. And then they attack Brizango. Tyler Breeze, they lay out in the middle of the ring, covering with the flag. And again, you're, you're gearing up for a mid-card feud. And that's okay. That's good. It's something different. It's It allows your talent to grow. Elevate a lot of these younger guys. They, they, they have, you know, not that these younger guys need a lot of elevation. Let's just put it, be straight with it there. But Brizango, they understand their roles and what their roles are in NXT. And every match they do to me that is fantastic. Imperium loses the match, but they look like a million dollars standing above Brizango, who's laid out in the ring. Main event. The matches that led up to the main event that I'll talk about later on in this episode. If this can get to any resemblance of that. How can you not like what NXT is doing? So moving on, um, then you had uh, O'Reilly and Cole. They're fighting backstage. Regal trying to break it up. Joe finally comes in, gets involved, gets Riley up, pinned up. O'Reilly pinned up against the the Cole pushes him and then pushes him, pushes Joe again, and of course Joe Joe chokes him out. But in the middle of all that, Regal tells them each to pick an opponent for next week. And Joe choked out Cole and then told him when he wakes up, make sure he gets Regal his answer. Now, again, you're seeing the enforcement and the way they did this angle, I thought was great as far as Joe, right? He gets pushed and he kind of steps back for a minute. Flexes, locks in the choke. Wasn't rushed. It set up for what Joe is becoming the enforcer on this brand for William Regal. So people don't get out of control, out of hand. You saw it play out a couple of times on this episode. And I seriously think, you know, Joe coming back and just the way that he's being used right now. Again, can only do so much with what they're given either the flexibility or the handcuffs with what's being written for them. Joe has a whole new enforcer role that, that he can work himself into. This is perfect for Joe. He gets to wrestle, but at the same time, he doesn't have to wrestle. No, no tear on his body right now. And I don't know. I think it's concussions. I believe is, is the, cause of why he hasn't been cleared and we'll get to see some of these matches because I tell you right now carrying across them all Joe I'll give you my money and another one that later on in the episode when Pete Dunn stepped to him I'd pay to see some old Joe Pete Dunn then uh after that whole thing happened, Escobar comes on the promo, cuts it on Bronson Reed, saying he wants the North American title. 
Typically in the Great American Bash episode, you'll probably see a North American title between Escobar and Bronson Reed. But again, it just illustrates a little bit about what they're doing. They didn't just throw Escobar and Bronson Reed in the next night, Tuesday night after the pay-per-view. No, they're going to let it build a little bit. Escobar has been lost, like I think, three straight. If I can remember from my timeline, I think it was Sean Ross Sapp that said that. He lost three straight title matches. But it still allows for that intrigue, right? The promo he cuts challenges Bronson Reed. We'll see what Bronson Reed. Uh, I can't even remember if he accepted or not now that I'm thinking about it. I don't think he did. I don't think he has accepted yet on there. I'm sure it'll be come out on the on the timeline. Um, Kushida, the open challenge for the cruiserweight title was next. And a newcomer, Trey Baxter. I felt like, well, as Christian says, he'll outwork everybody. And Trey Baxter was like, I'm all heart. All heart, Trey Baxter. And then he came out and, and man, let me tell you something. He used the speed in the match. Uh, Kushida, he had him rocking and rolling. He was doing his high-flying moves. And, and I think Trey Baxter is definitely somebody that's going to be on the scope for NXT for a long time. Kyle O'Reilly comes out to the top of the ramp, which I, I think you saw this coming, right? I believe Kyle was in with possible matchup with Kushida. Kushida ends up getting Baxter to tap out. O'Reilly steps into the ring and challenges him to next week. So O'Reilly's opponent has been named for next week. Oh, my goodness. This episode is not even over, and a WWE show can tell me what's going to happen next week. I don't have to wait till an hour before Raw to find out that there's going to be an interview. There's actually a match booked. This is where NXT, to me, because they do this all the time. This isn't the, the, They don't just tell you, hey, Check our timeline. Oh, they're giving you the matches that are going to be on the show next week. Again, this is where it comes to me, to me, Sean Stanley, how NXT is being booked differently than what Raw is. Raw, they tell you, yeah, Drew McIntyre will confront Bobby Lashley. So-and-so will be there. Oh, the debut of Eva Marie. They never tell you more than like who their opponent's going to be, right? Every once in a while, you'll get a, a tag team match or something, possibly the Friday before Raw or during the weekend. They're promoting next week's show. What a concept. Kudos to Triple H and everybody back there. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, I thought this promo, when it came back, was great. She's sitting there watching the replay of Mei Ying putting uh, the death grip. I'm not sure what they're going to call that. The tongue and death grip is what I call it. And throwing her off the stage. She sat there for a little bit. And then she said, told Mei Ying, hey, next time I'm up, is building up. Mercedes Martinez isn't wrestling Zali again. Isn't wrestling Mei Ying the next show? No. Let it sit. Let it build. She cut a great promo gearing up to take them on again. 
You got me this time. Sat back, watched it. Blood started boiling, right? And then let them know next time, I'm not letting you stand up. Million dollar championship coronation was next. And, and let me tell you something, man. LA Knight, dude, what a talent. What a talent. And I know, trust me, I understand. He's been around the block and, ever, and then some. But the fact that they had him come out and cut the promo, pulls up in a Corvette, by the way, with the cigar. Right out to the ring. Tells Ted DiBiase he was his idol growing up when they were younger and they were kids. Everybody, somebody had to be the million-dollar man. What this belt means to me. And then he flips it on a dime and says, but now that I have it, it's time for me to drop what I don't need. And he nailed Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Did not see that coming. I honestly, the way it was probably going to end up turning heelish somehow. I thought maybe he's going to drop the million dollar championship and be like, ah, this old belt, this legacy is not needed. But then to turn around and punch Ted DiBiase and then lay out the security and then keep stomping Ted DiBiase until Cameron Grimes makes the save. Again, knew this wasn't going to be over, but this was a good little twist now. I wonder how they keep Ted DiBiase involved. Does he stay with Cameron Grimes? Ultimately, could you work it to where this is all a work between Ted DiBiase and L.A. Knight to get to befriend Cameron Grimes? DiBiase gets him, and then Grimes gets a chance almost there, and then DiBiase turns on him and helps L.A. Knight keep the million-dollar championship. Because he doesn't believe Cameron Grimes is worthy of holding that belt. So many ways they can go with this. With the Capital Wrestling Center crowd and honestly with, with the timeline. with If you looked at the Twitter timeline, Cameron Grimes was there. I, I even tweeted out, we riot if Grimes doesn't win. He didn't win, we didn't write. Just so you know. I mean. Doesn't work that way. But that is getting people invested into your product right there. They didn't have to do a promo, a coronation. You knew something was going to happen, you knew there was going to be some type of build. It was perfect. Having Cameron Grimes come out to save Ted DiBiase has now set this up in a bunch of different ways. Does Ted DiBiase stay around? Cameron Grimes obviously still wants to go after the million-dollar championship. Now he's defending Ted DiBiase's legacy. Ooh, by L.A. Knight in the million-dollar man. To befriend Cameron Grimes to an ultimate end. The two higher class individuals outsmart Cameron Grimes. 
and keep Cameron Grimes chasing after the title. Ultimately, you know how this is going to end. Cameron Grimes will end up with the Million Dollar Championship. But with what they have done in this NXT, week before he gets the Million Dollar Championship, or could be next week, next month, the Great American Bash, Again, you get people emotionally invested into your product, into the match. And this is what happens. I'll say it every time. I don't understand how it happens on this show. Dubbing on Raw. It happens on SmackDown. Not 100% of the time. But it happens more on SmackDown than it does on Raw. Last night, I looked down and I couldn't believe that it was already 9.30. How quick, did, how quick I just lost track of time. I wasn't even worried about it. I just looked down and it was already 9.30. Well, I still got two more hours of this? Really? But for this, I was like, man, I only got, I only got a half hour left to watch. They got to figure out what the recipe is for Raw. They do. Because I honestly, I don't know what it is. I believe it has a little bit to do with the writing and maybe handcuffing of talent. Maybe they don't handcuff as much on NXT and SmackDown. But it's the same banner. There's not like it's, it's not the talent. But I'm just not intrigued to watch Raw the way I was last night. The paper from the pay-per-view to that NXT. And they didn't run anything back. Like you always see on Raw, right? After a pay-per-view, what happens? The next night, it's like, oh, we're gonna rematch this from the pay-per-view. That didn't happen on the NXT show. Matter of fact, I think Raquel Gonzalez might be. When I'm looking at this, I believe Raquel Gonzalez might be the only one that was on the pay-per-view card that actually rest everything else was promos. And Raquel was in a tag team match with Dakota Kai, which I honestly, honestly thought with the way when they were coming out to the ring and Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart were there, I was like, they're going to go to the room, room to the ring and this just be a squash. And they took out Caden Carter and Casey uh, Catanzaro. Farthest thing from a squash, man. Just the show. And Casey Catanzaro. The shine. And, and rightfully so. Two great female competitors. And they built them up so well as a tag team. My goodness. Wait, wait, wait. We're building up. A tag team? A woman's tag team? Is, am I watching WWE programming here? Are we supposed to be breaking up tag teams? Anybody that's got anything going good, we're supposed to be breaking it up, right? Not an XT. Matter of fact, they let that tag team shine so well. They got to start pushing them now. Or at least have them come up short. 
just short, just like they did last night against Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. And they cut the Ever Rise promo on Hit Row. Wait a minute. You mean, wait, we're, we're pushing show next week's show? Wait, there's two matches already promoted? I don't know what to do with myself. And I get it. I understand NXT has done this. I know that. But how is this recipe not followed up on the A show? You have a recipe, a formula that works right here in front of you every week. Nah, 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 we don't need to do that. No, no, we'll keep it our way. I get it. Numbers haven't dropped tremendously. People are still watching Raw. People are going to watch Raw. People are going to watch SmackDown. And more people are watching Raw and SmackDown than are watching NXT. I understand that. But if you want to give wrestling fans something to tune into each week, NXT is giving you a formula or a recipe to, to at least start changing a few things. I'm not saying you make this whole because I'll tell you now, I'll invest in the NXT. I struggle through Raw. There's only a few things good on Raw, and most of it is the stuff that's being touched by MVP. The Kofi Kingston thing, you're making Kofi relevant again. I like that. The Hurt Business, I guess they're not the Hurt Business anymore. It's just Lashley P. But I was invested into every match on NXT. The pay-per-view to this show. Every match. And they promoted two matches for next week that have got me wanting to watch it again. O'Reilly and Koshida and Ever Rise and Hit Row. Uh, Io Shirai came out next, said she's back and feeling good. Comes down, confronts her from the front, or well, attacks from behind, and it's two on one. And then uh, Zoe came out to make the save and help out, and Hartwell and Larray leaved. Left, I'm sorry, not leaved. Left, and now I'm, I, I got to believe this is going to set up for something down the road, right? Possibly next week as well. My goodness, wait, things are rolling that that it's not going to be back roll. Next week, NXT. Again, a formula has been laid out for you. Start looking at what's in front of you. Uh, the tornado main event, but before that got started, they they brought Champa and Thatcher to the ring. Sorry, I forgot your forgot the name, Timothy Thatcher. And they're cutting the promo, and and Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory come in. 
then they leave, and then the, the second stare down on NXT that has me excited. Pete Dunne and Samoa Joe. Between that, Karrion Cross, take my money. The tag team match was exactly what it was built up to be, right? Very physical. Hard hitting. Tornado match usually gets kind of thrown all around. You lose, you lose, it's chaos. Especially for a televised match. This one was very well orchestrated as far as the timing. Sometimes one person got eliminated, so it's two on one. So it was one on one. You got a bunch of false finishes, a bunch of closed pins. But in the end, Ciampa and Thatcher come out on top. And remember, before the match, them walking to the ring, who did they confront? They walked by MSK, right? The current NXT Tag Team Champions? A little foreshadowing, maybe? You think that match hasn't put them up into the Tag Team title contentions? Again, little things that they're they're not force-feeding everything. They're putting stuff there. Seeing if you see it, you catch it. One of the things I didn't catch, but my timeline did. The little battery. Blinking. Before uh, one of the uh, segments started. But when you saw that. Again, they drop little nuggets. They leave NXT again, seven and a half, eight last night, just because, again, they're reintroducing some feuds. They ended one feud. They elevated both tag teams in that match, by the way. You had a women's tag team get elevated. Trey Baxter came out. I believe that was elevated, his match with Kushida. All this talent on this episode, everybody levels were elevated. That's what you want on TV. So I hope you enjoyed the NXT recap. I'm Sean Stanley. It has been Sean Stanley Sports Talk. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll be updating some of the AEW Dark and others. That'll be the next edition at start that drops, and that'll be either later tonight or tomorrow we'll be dropping it. Until then, so long.